There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Satari Miner. Hello, folks. And helping us move from awareness to action this week is Jeff Carlberg, the owner of Il Basco Pizza. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, guys. It's good to talk to you guys again. It's yeah. been a little bit. Centauri, what's your favorite kind of pizza? I don't just mean toppings. I mean like like New York style, Chicago style, thin crust. Lay it on me. Uh, New York style with pepperoni and Italian sausage. I hate Chicago style pizza. I don't get it. Mm. Wow. Jeff, are, 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 are you offended by that answer? No, everybody has a choice. And um, Centauri certainly has his. Um, the, um, uh, uh, he just put it out there, but, uh, you know what, we're, I don't, I, I kind of always consider us, um, not to have competitors because once we start to try to be like somebody or a certain style outside our own, then we become them. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that love New York style. A lot of people love, um, uh, Chicago style. We're in the traditional artisanal uh, Neapolitan thin crust wood par pizza. And um, we have New Yorkers come in and say, I'm a pizza snob and I am a, I am a uh, perfect judge of pizza. And then they, they like our pizza. So, but it's to each his own. So Centauri enjoy um, streets of New York. <laughs> nice. I'm just kidding. Shots fired. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so so Jeff, you you and I have been friends for a long time, and you've always been an entrepreneur. Yeah. You've 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 owned and sold lots of different kinds of businesses, and you've always been passionate about restaurants. So t- tell us a little bit about. Uh, I, I sort of gave a little bit of it away, but tell us uh, sort of a little rundown of your professional career and how you became the owner of uh, of of Il Bosco. Uh, just a. Uh... I spent 29 years uh, traveling to China in various different uh, uh, capacities, almost all of them uh, owning uh, the business and and, um, manufacturing product in China and Vietnam and Malaysia, uh, bringing them back and and selling through various channels, either through direct or big box stores or uh, uh, distributors. And um, I really enjoyed that, but I always had a passion to do something in the, in the uh, service and food service industry. Love the, the restaurant theme. Getting older, so retired. Uh, looked for a restaurant to, to purchase. Uh, and my business partner, John Dorsey, is a great friend, and he always, always wanted to own a restaurant as well. We went in together and bought El Bosco Pizza, which is, was our favorite pizza place. So that kind of brought us to today. Nice, I appreciate that. And so, I, I know that uh, that Obasco has been a Scottsdale, Arizona landmark for a really long time. Um, how 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 long have you been have have you been running it now? Uh, well, the restaurant's been open and founded in t- 2012, um, and John Dorsey and I bought it February 4th of 2019. 
Um, we've been eating there for since probably 2013, and uh, uh, occasionally came in and out of the opportunity to be uh, the founder's business partner, but it never worked out. Uh, he had since passed away, sadly, and uh, so when we bought the restaurant in February, uh, we took the challenge on of learning the business and and um, and really enjoying it. I mean, it's been uh, coming up to this COVID thing. We were really uh, we had doubled the business in a year, and um, and then COVID hit. So, okay. uh, it uh, yeah, it it was uh, it's kind of uh, affected us in in various different ways. Yeah, which is which is exactly what we wanted to be talking about today. So, roughly speaking, you had a year under your belt from February of nineteen, like 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 you said, you took a really successful restaurant and and doubled the business and making people happy with 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 everybody the delicious pizza and then and then COVID hits so that's really what we wanted to talk to you about we've been talking to a lot of restaurant owners and business owners about going through this reopening process so I guess I guess sort of start off real big what what are what are some of the biggest things that that you've learned going through going through this COVID process well I think that I learned that if there is a saying out in this world or a joke, it starts out, jokes always start out with something true behind it, uh, and then it becomes a joke, um, or, or jokes are made out of it. Um, there's also sayings out there through the test of time that says <laughs> that um, became something and became um, uh, sayings because it was real. And I think the biggest thing is, is, is calm before the storm. I've always believed in that. Um, I've always tried to save money because when it's going really good, <laughs> something bad's going to happen. And, and whether it's bad or, or I guess it's just being prepared um, for things to be, to change. Change always happens, right? The only consistent thing is change. Another thing. And it, and it's true. So um, who would have known that 2008, uh, the mortgage crisis hit and we just took a went into a major recession um that was uh, devastating and and to a lot of people uh covid hit um and it it really taught me that i'm glad we remained small nimble with the ability of change um many companies um out there whether restaurants or anything else when business is good and we're doubling business you start to you start to go you start to look out there and go oh man i'm going to invest and i'm going to do this this and this and um you spend money to grow and uh be somebody maybe that isn't exactly what made you successful and there's a lot of brands out there that did that and they're they're struggling now so i think that um whether we're smart or lucky um we were prepared for this uh, COVID um, made us change. And when I said you need to be nimble, you need to be able to adjust direction. You know, large boats, uh, they don't change direction very easily, very quickly. Um, and we were able to do that. Um, we had to go 100% uh, takeout. And I guess people would just assume that that's pretty doggone easy. Um, and <laughs> it, I guess it is if you you know, get, if you had some experience in it. Um, but we were 90, a little 90, 
uh, dine-in experience with a balance being takeout. And um, so it wasn't one of our true fortes. Um, when we go through uh, any type of any type of day or, or busy day that we have, like a Friday or Saturday night, we would have about anywhere between 90 to 110 orders. Um, so that means we'd have takeout, delivery, um, and then we would also have dine-in. Um, so when you're doing that, all your orders are spread out, and it's a little bit easier um, with, with a good kitchen staff, a little bit easier to handle that type of order uh, volume in one night. This is spread out over four and a half, five hours. Takeout, however, um, we would get 70 hours in an hour for three straight hours. Wow. Um, so we would have 240 orders in three hours and we're still open. Um, and, uh, it, that, it, and we learned that that dies down. I mean, takeout really is when people are coming home, they, they're, they're working or, or luckily if, if they're at home working and their jobs allow them to do that, uh, they still have dinner time. So they're going to place the order and, and get in, uh, take out the take home. So, but what that made us do is change our whole system. Um, we had to labor up, not labor down, both in the kitchen and staff. So our labor costs went up um, until we were able to really fine tune that. So um, it it really kind of changed. And then all our paper goods and all our deliverables, uh, we ended up starting to really evaluate um, what we're putting into the earth and all this plastic and stuff um, to goes. So we started really researching compostable um, biodegradable packaging and that type of thing that um, at least we're not adding to the earth's problems. I mean, not to get corny, but I mean, I think that that's a really big concern still and always has been. So um, all this stuff that was going out, we had to really learn how to buy smart, buy quick, because, you know, none of our distributors were geared up for that either. So it made, made us really... Uh, fine-tune our processes and get smarter about our purchasing and smarter about our packaging so sorry to get wordy but that's that's kind of what we had to deal with and we had to do it overnight no yeah. no um it's you talk about being flexible and nimble and um but there has to be a certain mindset allows for that right um you can sorry switched over now. Um, there has to be a certain mindset that allows for that. Do you feel that you were in, in the place that you could just do it overnight? Or did you just hunker down and say, all right, guys, we got to do this? Because we know I saw that a lot of restaurants took a while to kind of make a decision or took a while to get there. But it seems like you were able to say, all right, these are the things we have to do and just move forward. Does that are you a, def, uh, a really decision maker quickly leader or does that just something that you had to think about doing uh, intentionally? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I know some friends, um, you know, we all have friends in the industry, of course, and, and I reached out to them, find out how they're doing, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, or what they felt like they were doing wrong and what they needed to improve upon. So uh, all the while I was, I, I, I believe in cheating and I believe cheat, ask somebody that's successful and, and, well, don't tell my wife I said that, but um, the, the, the cheating, the definition of what I'm talking about is ask people that you respect what they're doing right and what they would do different. 
and then do what they're doing right and don't do what they're doing that they say don't do. And I, it's, that's instead of learning it all on my own, I just cheated and I called all, of, all my friends in the industry and, and asked them. Um, we did it overnight though. Um, and it was a quick process. Um, luckily we had some good distributors that were able to, to help us in the, in the interim while we're still trying to find packaging because they weren't prepared for it either. But, um, by, by reaching out, um, it helped me get a, a sense of calmness because I go, okay, here's our direction. And, and our, our chef, Chris and I sat down that very, you know, when we started hearing that we were going to possibly be closed, um, we immediately planned what our, our labor looked like. Um, staff up, don't staff down, make sure that we, um, were able to handle the unknown. Um, and I'd rather spend more money making sure our customers realize that we were doing a good job than, than build up a staff when I started out lower and, and then because I was afraid of spending money, um, it, the customer's experience is still number one, no matter what we do. And no matter what our cost increases are, no matter what we are going through, um, some care, some don't, but in the end, we have to deliver and we have to, our delivery has to be good, consistent and quick. So anyway, I, I thought we did a really good job in a short period of time, not, you know, pat myself on the back. It's, it's our team that did it. And, um, we were just ready for it because we just asked questions. And, um, you know, I, if I had any advice to people, um, I, I think to go is, is here to stay. Um, I think I've talked to George uh, quite a bit on what our plans are in the future. Um, I'm not trying to get ahead of our conversation, but we are planning on expanding. We're, we will expand uh, three locations this year. And, and uh, um, we now know that we're confident that to go is going to be a big part of our business moving forward. Um, and the new normal to be corny is exactly that this hybrid of 50, 50 or somewhere in between, uh, there that it's going to be dine in and, and to go and probably heavier when we get all this COVID ink, as we were talking earlier, um, Centauri, the, as, as more cases happen, people are going to be, uh, cautious and they're going to stay home and, and do takeout. And we're ready for it. But, um, you know, the, the one thing that I would say that we're proud of is we've taken the measures to be safe in our restaurant in both uh, to go and dine in. Um, we have all the sanitize, sanitizing uh, product that we need, uh, both hand sanitizers and sanitizers that kills germs instantly. Uh, wiping down everything every 20 minutes, hitting the doors, hitting the, the bathrooms, hitting the, all the spaces that are touched. Um, we're all wearing gloves. We wear masks. Um, we're doing what we feel as if the right thing is. Uh, we're taking temperatures of our employees every day as they come in. Um, it, it's all these things that that is the new norm for whatever period that norm is. And it, it's very expensive. 
Um, it adds to our labor, doesn't decrease it to it, but we're committed to uh, figuring out how to adjust ourselves in the back end to make us profitable to, and sustainable. Um, but that's just, if, if, if anybody's in the restaurant business, they're either doing that or they're going away. Yeah. Plain and simple. Makes sense. Good artist copy, great artist steal is, is certainly one of my favorite sayings, just to kind of circle back on that. So, um, hey, that's, that's a great one. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate everything you just shared, uh, needing to innovate, needing to be able to, to, to move quickly and to use a term that seems to be thrown a lot around lately to, to, to make these pivots. And I think we've seen that, that there's a lot of, a lot, lot of businesses out there, not only restaurants that haven't been able to do that. And so we'll see what the future holds. So Centauri, what else? Well, I'm curious as, as we saw Starbucks, I think, yeah, it was Starbucks that really ramped down their in-person dining. And it seems like you're ahead of um, the pivot around to go being the, the thing that's going to be at least here to stay for uh, quite the immediate future. What are some other trends that you're you're seeing? And also I'm curious to know how are your how are your sorry guys, I keep getting phone calls during the middle of this. How are your uh, employees really managing this? I know that from folks that work in the industry, it was really hard with the, the layoffs and then being brought back in. And now they're like, well, are we? What's going to happen next? How are you? How are you managing both employees and then looking at the trends that are happening right now? Wow. Um, well, first, Starbucks is blessed with a to-go model. Um, I mean, they're one of the best to-go models out there. I mean, they 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 have everybody hooked. So bless them for for that brand being. I admire them. I admire any brand, uh, small and big, who who have established themselves. Um, you know, it's just like go Xerox a copy. You know, it's it's <laughs> it, it's a uh, just go to Starbucks and when it's just a coffee place down the street, yeah. um, they, they're, they're market leaders and, and, um, um, Hey, let's cheat. Let's follow their lead. Uh, it's not a bad thing to do, but, um, as far as labor goes though, um, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you that that's about the most confusing part of it all. Uh, some are really scared. Some, um, are scared yet. They have to work, um, to feed a family and, um, and, you know, in many restaurants, many of them have, they work at two to three restaurants. Um, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to manage if you, if you really think about it, because where are these people at? What kind of, um, what kind of safety measures are each of those restaurants, um, uh, you know, uh, practicing, if you will, uh, because, because if you have somebody that's under your employee, not practicing it somewhere else because that uh, restaurant is is lax. Um, that worries me. Um, I I really we're blessed uh, because we're we're small and nimble. Um, we only have 14 employees, 18 total, but 14 that work um, you know on a every two week basis, and um, we have just a couple that work uh, at two different restaurants. And I'm very careful with making sure that are they practicing um, the right uh, safety measures that we're doing, um, at least to minimize 
any type of concerns of somebody bringing something into our restaurant and then thus to our customers. Um, that's my biggest concern of everything. Because I believe, I don't know, you can't control where everybody goes. And so you don't know where it's ever going to happen, but you can sure do your best to, to do your best to do your part to be safe. Um, so this, the concerns of our employees are, I'm telling everybody, if you feel sick, stay home, let's, let's get you tested. If that's the case, we haven't had that issue yet. Um, and let's cross knock on wood and cross our fingers. Um, but you, you never know. Right. And, um, uh, I do, uh, I, I made a commitment to our people, especially our kitchen staff that we paid them hundred uh, percent, uh, to work. And, uh, at a lesser amount of hours. So whatever they averaged last year is what we were paying them. Even That's though they impressive. were working, uh, we just made sure of it. Well, we didn't, we like consistency and they know how to cook our pizzas. Centauri, our pizza is actually pretty good though. Centauri, I'll stop by. Try I will stop by. <laughs> nice. I just had to throw that in. So, um, but the, the, um, uh, it, we wanted to make sure and there's people out in this world that work, that live day to day and paycheck to paycheck. And, and my concern was, and John's concern, my business partners as well, was to make sure that they are, they're safe and they're whole. And, and we were making sure that we did our part for them. So, uh, we had to, um, we, when I say we, they were working less, my meaning by that is we just, we, went into COVID hours. Um, we realized that the bell curve of when orders happened and takeout and delivery came in, we went down to a 4.30 to 7.30 timeframe. Normally we're 4.30 to 9, but we went 4.30 to 7.30. And what we did was we tried to get people to realize that order, make your orders, call in your orders, do it online, however you're going to do it. And then within that time period, so we gave our, our staff less hours of working, okay, during their normal weekly scheduled shifts, and they can go home and be with their families, all right? And we thought that that was minimizing the opportunity for COVID to happen within the restaurant and allowing them to be home with their kids. Um, but we, yet we still paid them. Uh, for those uh, hours that they were, were missing. Um, what we did have was uh, on the server side, um, we created a, a unique tipping structure so that people would be able to still maintain a, a good level of tips because that's what servers live off of. Um, and we, we did it so that everybody had server days and so that and some would serve, some would bust, but everybody would have their, their chance of making good, uh, good nights of tip uh, volume. Uh, so it really helped them sustain any type of uh, bill paying needs that they had. And they, they seem to be pretty happy with it. That's awesome. I love it. Making sure that employees are physically safe and financially taken care of. If you're able to pull those two things off, Stay open, making money, and still make delicious pizza. I think that that's a win right there. Yeah, kudos to you, man. So, Jeff, you, you, you mentioned that the pizza's good. So tell everybody why they should come into Il Bosco <laughs> and, tell us, and tell us where it is that you are or, or how we order. Okay. Um, 
Well, we're located on the northwest corner of Shea and Scottsdale Road by a very popular landmark uh, country western bar called Handlebar J. Many people know about them. Uh, we're connected to, by a wall with them, so if you know where Handlebar J is, you'll know where we are. Um, what makes us uh, special is I think that um, and unique is a lot of people have expanded their menus to, get, to try to be uh, something for everybody. Uh, we we're here for pizza, and we deliver good pizza, wood fire thin crust pizza, uh, artisanal style, and uh, that's what we do. We do great salads, great appetizers, and we're known for the best uh, pizza crust in the valley. Uh, how to order? Calling in four eight zero three three five eight six eight zero four eight zero three three five eight six eight zero. Uh, you can order online, uh, which would be ilbosco, I-L-B-O-S-C-O, pizza.com. Uh, you can order through Yelp um, as well. Go to Yelp, look up Il Bosco Pizza, and just click order. Um, and then we don't have any internal delivery uh, people, but we do it through Grubhub, DoorDash, and, and Postmates. And uh, they're, they're running a lot of specials nowadays. So it's very uh, easy to order through there as well. Love it. Well, excellent. Well, Jeff, you think Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it, George. Hey, um, I, our best customer and happiest customer is George's son, James. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen a bigger, bigger <laughs> smile on my, in my life than when he was just making a mess with that cheese pizza all over his face. But he, it made me happy. So oh, he, he anyway. always loves to always loves to come in and see Pizza Guy. So <laughs> yeah, Pizza Guy, no kidding. Thanks, guys, very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Enjoy your show. Yeah, perfect. Thanks as always for listening. Go to ilboscopizza.com. That's i l b o s c o pizza.com. Give them a call and order it up right now. Four eight zero three three five eight six eight zero. You find them on Yelp. You can get them on Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates. Uh, and the restaurant is open for dine-in? Open for dine-in and take-out delivery. We have curbside service. You don't have to get out of your car. Um, our hours, uh, Sunday through Thursday, is 4.30 to 9. And um, uh, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, we are trying to make the decision. We're currently open till 10, but we're trying to make that decision for summer hours may drop it back to, to 9 o'clock, uh, so it's consistent. Um, but at this point, it's till 10. Perfect. All right. Thanks, as always, for listening. And remember, keep questioning because the struggle is real. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.